Welcome to the Ryan Holt Show. On this show, you can expect the latest, the greatest, and the best curated content on business, marketing, automotive, and lifestyle. Sit back, put in your earplugs, and let's enjoy the ride. Now, as always, I want to make sure you get the best in content that will help you monster your goals, both personally and professionally. I want to keep this conversation going, so please check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at RyanHoltz1. And then go over to Facebook.com forward slash RyanHoltz Marketing, and we can chat there too. I also want you to visit www.ryanholtz.ca as this will be where I put my almighty beloved show notes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am proud to bring you the Ryan Holtz Show. Let the beat drop and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Ryan Old Show podcast. Today, I am in beautiful British Columbia at my home, and my next guest is in California, which is a very different contrast from where I am outside. I'm seeing mountains and snow. He's seeing the Frisco Bay and the Golden Gate Bridge and the epicenter of the tech world at Palo Alto. Um, I My next guest is Brandon Sewell. Brandon is a corporate sales professional representing LinkedIn in the mid-market enterprise space in Canada. He works with clients to help them achieve their talent management goals by leveraging the power of LinkedIn's 500 million plus person network. Based out of Toronto, his experience has been primarily in technology sales and recruitment. Seven months ago, he assumed the position of the Canadian lead for the Black Inclusion Group, BIG, an employee resource group, ERG, on LinkedIn. Most recently, he joined the executive committee that has put together the Black Professionals in Technology Network in Canada. Being someone who has grown up around all different walks of life, he understands the benefits that a diverse environment can have on people. Brandon, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah. So my, my biggest thing is, so I, I seen you, I think it was Camille Dundas, what, who does the Buy Blacks uh, magazine or something like that with her husband. Um, and I had her on the podcast, super colorful woman, love her, lots of energy. Um, and she likes something on your LinkedIn, no pun intended, LinkedIn. Um, and uh, I just, you know, for me, I mean, I'm a, I'm a half Jamaican, half German dude. And, you know, I, I love when I see, you know, big technology houses really try to, you know, you know, have that inclusiveness or, or you know, craft or strategically create programs that really promote that. So can you just first just give us a, an overview of what this program is, how long you've been at LinkedIn and how the heck Brandon's even made his journey to LinkedIn in general? Like what, what's your story? Yeah, that's, uh, those are all great questions. And <laughs> it's kind of, I guess I got to think about where do I start here? So <laughs> Absolutely. I, my journey sort of starts in university. Um, I went to the university of Western Ontario did a four-year program in business, uh, specialized in finance, and I found myself, similar to many other new graduates, uh, thinking about what am I going to do? Uh, entering the real world, where do I, where am I going to sort of make my mark? And it sort of started for me in sales. I kind of fell into a sales role. Uh, working at a company called Canon, mm. uh, selling photocopiers door to door. Oh, good for uh, you! Pretty grind, pretty grinded out job. Uh, had. I had people kick me out of their offices. <laughs> I had the police called open experience as a young 23-year-old guy. Um, but, you know, what I did learn is I learned a lot about business. And I learned a lot about 
um, not only selling, but also um, understanding business problems and, and kind of solving those. Uh, long story short, um, I went got into the world of recruitment where I started uh, off as a headhunter and I was actually helping companies fill positions um, of various sorts, both lower level and up to management and senior level roles. And in that position as a headhunter, that's where I really started to understand the landscape of, of the business world and sort of where I wanted to sort of make my mark. And that's where I sort of discovered tech. Mm. I saw I saw all these opportunities in tech. I saw all the money people were making and, and <laughs> all these amazing things that people were doing in terms of how the world was shifting and and um, and how you know technology was really becoming the the centerpiece for how companies really solve a lot of their their business problems. And and I said to myself, I got to get I got to get into this world. Um, I'm all about it. So uh, then I essentially finessed my way into an opportunity uh, with a company called Citrix, uh, another big tech company based out of California, Mm -hmm. uh, in a sales role based in Toronto. And I got my start there um, in tech, selling selling software. And after two years there, I was fortunate enough to um, have an opportunity present itself at LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I interviewed three times for for opportunities there, so it definitely wasn't easy. I definitely had to pay my dues and really get in there. But once I got in, it's just been a completely transformative experience. Um, and as you mentioned it, I work with business businesses to help them uh, solve their talent acquisition problems yeah. uh, with LinkedIn and the division that I work at. And we, uh, we're selling our, our tools to, um, to software, sorry, our, to recruiters and talent acquisition staff. So uh, that's really where our bread and butter is um, in, in our world. And about seven months ago, I had an opportunity to you know, go above my role in, in terms of taking a volunteer position mm. and join as a as the lead for Canada in mm. the Black Inclusion Group. Yep. And uh, this is an employee resource group. LinkedIn's very big on diversity. We have employee resource groups um, for the LGBT community, uh, for the Latin uh, Latin American community, for um, for the Chinese for the Chinese American community, and then also the Black community. So so LinkedIn's very big on diversity, oh, especially and on top of that. Uh, I should mention. I should uh, mention the woman, woman Wally, Wally, women at LinkedIn, which is also a very huge group. And um, and to really, my thoughts here were to was to really find a way to you know empower the community, mm. um, bring inclusiveness, and do that in a fun way so that everybody feels included and uh, and and we can have fun while while doing everything and give people opportunities um, both internally and externally. Well, I wanted to have you on the show because I, I feel that, you know, um, in the tech space, I mean, there's obviously, you know, umpteen articles written about uh, diversity and um, females and visible minorities and inclusions and things like that going on in there. You heading up this specific um, department for LinkedIn, do you feel that, like, is it is it is it because LinkedIn sees there's not enough uh, black people or people of, of visible minority in the space, or do they feel that the employers aren't, you know, aggressively trying to be inclusive? Like, is LinkedIn's stance or is your mandate one of more um, trying to, you know, create more awareness both in the minority community, but then also in the tech space itself? Do you, is, is it kind of a hybrid or is there a specific focus? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think uh, you're you hit the nail on the head. I think a part of it is is understanding that there is a gap yeah. In, yeah. in diversity and um, and executive management knowing that and then 
enabling programs like these to try and help that. And then I think the second part of it is just the inclusion part. You know, a lot of companies talk about diversity and, you know, they may make quote unquote diversity hires, but you can have people of different um, ethnic backgrounds in an organization, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they feel included. So a part of the uh, the employee resource groups is to foster an environment of inclusion so that yep. people um, that, you know, come from different walks of life can, can all come to work together and feel like they're a part of um, a greater goal and, and come to work and enjoy themselves and feel and feel like they're in a very comfortable, safe environment where they, where they can be their authentic self and still uh, strive in uh, in their day-to-day um, work work responsibilities. Well, stand in the service of others by by living your true, authentic self. This this is a quote that Jason Main, one of our, my previous guests, had on. He's actually in the Palo Alto uh, community. He owns a company called Super Heroic, and he uh, he was the former lead designer for the Nike Air Jordan brand, and you know he he said and i when i kind of seen you i kind of felt the same way as he said i want when people to see me they can see themselves so the fact that you're a black dude you like basketball and you know we could always go stereotypical on some aspects but then not on the others um it's nice to see that you know you see that spice and flavor at a company like linkedin i think when somebody says i work at linkedin as you know if you're at a party or you're you're hanging out, it's a pretty big thing. And I'm sure people are like, dude, you work at LinkedIn. So you're a walking billboard of, of diversity for them just literally being there and being the presence. So for you, and you're not an old guy at all, for you, what like what has your journey been like? What is your day-to-day? If somebody was to say, Hey Brandon, like like give me your day-to-day, I want a job shout of you. What does that look like for you at LinkedIn? Yeah. First, uh, first off, I think that you raise a really good point. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily the quote-unquote typical uh, image that one <laughs> may have uh, when you think of like a tech salesperson or yeah. somebody that works for a Bay Area company. Yeah. Um, but and, and you know, when I am at parties, sometimes I do get a second look when I say when I tell people where I work. But but that's what makes it great, and I and I love that. Because, yeah. Um, when I go out and I speak to younger kids, you know, kids that are in their that are teenagers or or kids that are, haven't even entered high school yet, and I tell them sort of where what I do, that's where people can start realizing opportunity. You know, kids mm. can start realizing opportunity and understand to talk a certain way or or you know, quote unquote. I mean, for dress a certain way um to to necessarily get to where you want to want to be it's about being yourself but uh, but also having the intelligence and the wherewithal to to be um the best person you can be um and you know where it starts for me is essentially my day-to-day is uh very much relationship management so yeah. i have accounts uh, across the country um from everywhere from the east coast uh halifax to west coast vancouver and yep. my role is very much uh, managing these clients. Um, they spend X amount of dollars with us. And my role is to make sure that they're happy, that <laughs> um, they're making strategic decisions yeah. uh, when it comes to using tools um, and that they're realizing their value um, and meeting their, their business objectives. Um, I have companies that hire, you know, that make hiring all over the world and they need to understand how to scale out some of the recruitment efforts. So I'm really working with them to understand that and then put Put different uh, programs and and tools together that LinkedIn offers to help them get to that scale because um, you know we're a 500 million person network on LinkedIn, um, so there's a lot of people. We have a lot of data, uh, and the companies want to know sort of how to 
access the right data that's relevant to them to allow them to to reach their goals. Well, LinkedIn is, you know, I own a digital marketing company and I mean, LinkedIn for me is a B2B play, obviously, you know, business to business. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a platform that probably, you know, as I would say as recent as maybe four or five months ago, I actually started to really put some effort into, um, I love Twitter. I love my Instagram. I love all those, but LinkedIn is, you know, it's, it's serious business in that sense. Now, my spidey senses tell me, man, LinkedIn's got some some mean stew chicken brewing in terms of the in terms of the <laughs> tech. And I, you know, with their their recent rollout of video, I think that's a really, really huge thing. Um, I literally didn't get video to like a couple days ago, dude. I was I was so hurt. I thought I was the only guy that didn't have native video. And then I thought at first, like I even messaged LinkedIn. I'm like, is it about followers or connections? Because I'm like, there's somebody that's got like 400 connections and they got native video. I mean, what, like, what's up? Like, is there yeah, something I'm doing good. on it? I won't spam people, I, I promise you. But uh, again, I mean, going back to your point of saying when you're out at parties or networks or things like that and pe- you say, hey, I work at LinkedIn, people kind of look at you like, oh, wow. It's interesting because I think when people say tech space, you know, it's like Mark Zuckerberg, right? He wears, you know, a hoodie and he was eating ramen noodles in school and, you know, going to Harvard. But where 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 people come from, especially with rough, rough areas or impoverished areas, eating ramen noodles wasn't cool. Ramen noodles was like, yo, I'm here to survive. So how do you kind of bridge that gap between being, hey, I don't have to be some geeky, geeky guy to work at LinkedIn. I can also stay, you know, cool or have some finesse, quote unquote. But then still bridge that gap between mentoring, you know, let's say some younger black folks out in Toronto to say, listen, man, you can still listen to hip hop music and, you know, be an astute member of society working at a great job. Like, how do you bridge? And has that been maybe even a not a challenge, but has that been something you've been trying to figure out as you're kind of going along in your journey? Yeah, definitely. It's definitely something that, you know, I've always tried to figure out. It's just about obviously finding out what's your I think actually it starts about finding out what your strengths are right everyone's got strengths and weaknesses yep. and what I when I talk to the younger generation I really try to stress that you know everybody's got strengths and weaknesses um just a lot of people don't know what they are yet so the hardest thing to do is to identify um what you're really good at and then focusing in on mastering what you're really good at and the second part to it is just is education mm. you have to really no matter, it doesn't matter if you listen to hip hop music or mm. you know you dress, you wear hoodies or you come from uh, a certain area that might be sort of under service by by um, by the community uh, at, at large. But at the end of the day, um, education is the key. If you go to school and you study and you work hard um, and you really start understanding, um, you know the way the world works and and whether it be business or if you want to go become. Uh, get into the sciences or, mm. or be a lawyer or whatever the case may be. Um, it really starts with education. And if you educate yourself, uh, you'll be fine. Do you know what you know what LinkedIn did for humanity, in my opinion? The number one single most important thing they did for humanity was they literally, for the first time ever, made sure that everybody, and if they don't understand this, that every person that has a first, last name and a social insurance number or a social security number is a walking brand. And what I mean by that is if you're looking for a job, if you're looking for a client, if you're coming on or you're doing whatever, people are watching and they are they are looking at all times. Now, when you go into the groups and speak, 
how do you leverage LinkedIn and how do you scale it down to them to get them to understand in their context what LinkedIn could do for them and how they could still keep it, you know, quote unquote real with themselves, but then still go out and get that hustle, whatever the hustle is for them that they actually want. Yeah, I think it really, first of all, it starts with who I'm speaking to. And if we're going to use the example of, you know, the younger generation, since we've been on that mm. topic, when I speak to them, a lot of, a lot of these kids, whether they're in high school or in university, uh, you know, they want, they want to be, they want to find jobs, you know, whether it be a part-time job or they want to position themselves to, um, you know, finally get that full corporate job once they graduate, um, they really got to start thinking about, you know, how to position themselves. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of objections I get uh, when I speak to these, 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 group, these groups of people is that, well, you know, I've only worked uh, in a retail sales job or I've only worked, um, you know, at summer camp. So, so why should I put that on, on LinkedIn or why should I put that on, mm. on, uh, on social media? And, and that's not sort of necessarily the right way to think about it. It's yeah. really about everybody starts somewhere. Yeah. You know, me personally, <laughs> I used to coach basketball in the summer during, um, during university. Yeah. You know, I worked at Foot Locker. I sold mustard. You know, <laughs> when I was younger, I was a little bit of that quote unquote hustler, you know, uh, trying to do uh, a little bit of everything to, to get by. But you know what? It's when you have those jobs, there's certain um, things that those jobs teach you, you know, whether you're working construction, that teaches hard work. Mm. Uh, if you're working uh, in a retail sales w world, that shows customer service and your ability to communicate with, with other people. So Absolutely. it's really important to think about, okay, th these might not be the most glamorous jobs, but if I can position these jobs on LinkedIn and position them in a way that, show, that shows people that are looking at me that these are the skills that I've gained, there, there you're, you're positioning yourself in, in a pretty strong way to to show people that okay, he, he worked. He may have worked at the Gap, but um, but you know he's got some good you know communication and sales skills because of that. Um, he worked construction, but which shows he's a hard worker. So it's just thinking about it like that. I think helps um, people and, young, and the younger generation start thinking about branding and and how to um, just sort of elevate themselves on social media. What's your brand? How, if somebody says, yo, Brandon, Sewell, what, you know, what's your brand? You know, like, who, who are you? I know you like, you're a basketball fan. I know you like traveling. You're raising the six, you know, as, as far as Drake said, you know, started from the bottom. He never started from the bottom, by the way. I know where he, I know where he grew up and that's an expensive, I don't care if you were in a basement suite. That, those houses are nice. The basement is nice. But yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we, I, I, but I, you know, I love Drake. But he did, he did not start from the bottom. However, w w what's the brand of you? You know, when when it's funny because we all have a social responsibility. I was talking. I had a, a guest on who's a YouTube star, zillions and zillions of views. And I asked him. I said, "Do you feel the messaging that you're putting out?" is of the utmost importance in terms of the social message and responsibility that you have and he answered yes do you take on a certain responsibility when it comes to you know being a quote-unquote visible minority at linkedin and knowing that every time somebody sees you know who's jane and finch or scarborough or wherever is like brandon man that guy who's that guy and kind of double takes you do, do you feel that or do you not think about it that way or you know what's 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 your what's your vibe on that? Um, that yeah, that's a great question, um, and it's not really one that's necessarily easy to answer because mm -hmm. for me, uh, for me, I you know I grew up around everybody. 
Yeah. Uh, growing up, if you looked at my if you look at my friend group, I've got friends from all over absolutely um, the continent, and and that's what or all over the world, and that's what makes I think Canada um, just a great place. Um, and for me, when I first joined LinkedIn. I mean, brand is, is obviously, you know, LinkedIn preaches brand externally and internally. It's also very much a big thing. Um, you know, how are you going to sort of make your brand and carve out your space in the company? And it took me a while to sort of figure it out, you know, as I was getting comfortable with the role, the new company um, and my brand very much in the in the office is one of being an advocate for diversity um, mm. and a champion for diversity, not just in terms of the black community, but amongst all the ERGs, mm. um, one that fosters um, inc inclusivity. Um, mm. I'm, I'm definitely the guy that, you know, will go to every different team department, um, you know, try to hang out with everybody, get to know everybody because yeah. that's very much my personality. And, and I think th that, um, sort of resonates within the office and also across, you know, the various offices that I visit with LinkedIn. Um, and, and yeah, you know, I just try to do my best to, to just, um, let people be, I want people to be themselves around me. I like people who are real, um, that yeah, don't, um, you know, have that corporate mask on them and just really, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, show themselves because that's what it's all about. I mean, everybody's got their own personality and, and why fit yourself into, um, a box just because society says you, you have to be a certain way. Well, and that was going to be my next point is when we talk about inclusion groups or LGBT, I, I hate labels. Like I, I just, I can't stand them. And I know we have to, I know we put labels on it as society and in the corporate world because it's a way to, it's a way to stay organized. You know, I kind of look at a label like a hashtag, you know, a hashtag is a great way to, you know, interact with a specific topic or category and you, you can't have organized chaos. You do have to be organized when it comes to the black inclusion group. How did you kind of get handpicked or, 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 or fall into that? And what exactly like, I, I did see the post. I think you were speaking to a group on LinkedIn or something like that. But like, are you going around to different youth groups or like, how are you, what does that look like? How are you guys actually reaching out through that program? Yeah. So I actually hunted it out okay. because it was something that I wanted to, to be involved with. Now we only um, expanded it into the Toronto office at the beginning of last year. So it was pretty much a new endeavor okay. um, for, for the, the group at large. And when you essentially join the group, it's really up to you. It's, it's very much uh, what you put in is what you get out of it type of type of thing. And my sort of goals for it, and I never really thought of myself as being like this black activist type of person. Or somebody <laughs> that, that's like black power. That's not really my, that was never really my mandate when doing this. It was just really much um, two things, you know, one, um, understanding um, that, you know, there is a, a, a lack of, there is a, there is a color gap in, in the corporate world, um, mm. and in tech specifically. So doing what I can using the platform that mm. I have to, to uh, try and enable change, mm -hmm. um, and, and working and putting together various programs. And then second of all was just, um, creating an inclusive environment and making it fun, you know, allowing, allowing the, the culture that mm. sometimes goes, um, I guess, uh, I'm, unseen in the tech world when it comes to, you know, African, Canadian, African American, black culture, um, and just kind of bringing that into the office, but having a fun spin on it so that mm. everybody still has a good time and people don't feel alienated because, mm. um, my whole thing is that, you know, when, when black people try to, um, you know, push themselves forward, which is absolutely, they should be doing, you, you have to also remember that you can't alienate the other side. Um, and, and, and even though I don't like thinking about it as a, as a side, because mm. you know, I, I, again, I'm friends with everybody. It's really mm. about 
you know, how do we put together certain programs that everybody feels like, um, you know, they're included in that and that and that, you know, it's not a, it's not like a big thing to to maybe try something different. And and on the external side, when I speak to to the the youth or when we do sort of ex- external outreach programs, it's really about um, enabling pe- enabling mm. the kids and enabling people that maybe come from uh, lesser fortunate circumstances mm. and, and showing them the showing them the opportunity. You know, showing um, you know putting together a team not just of me but with my colleagues um, of all different ethnic backgrounds and just showing that you know this is a this is a corporate environment. We mm. do really well in our jobs and. We all look different, um, but we're all we all get along great, and um, and y- this is something that is an opportunity for you. You guys can mm. get to where we are. You know, we're not special. Um, you know, we weren't um, spoon fed or, or given these opportunities. This is something that we work for, and um, and you can do it too. Well, wow, there's a there's a there's a delusional line, a, a very thin line between playing the victim and then not wanting to put in the work, right? Mm-hmm. And I think in in our com- in in our community, you know. I've had actually, I've had black folks reach out to me and I wouldn't say that they said I was like a sellout, but they basically, you know, kind of gave a, a hateration comment in the sense of, well, I mean, okay, for instance, my clients, or if I go speak at an event, oftentimes I'm the only black dude. Like, I mean, I'll be the only black speaker and the only attendee. And, you know, even in the back of my head, I'm like, where the hell is everybody? What happened to those days? I mean, you know, even when you went clubbing, you know, you went to these little hip hop reggae dance hall parties. I'm like, man, all these all these guys came out then. Where, where the hell are they? Like downtown Young Street, you know, like where, where, where are you at? And I think yeah. that I implore people to not play the victim mentality. And yes, we're trying to be inclusive and, and you know, bring awareness. But it's it's a level playing field now. Like the moment the Internet came out, and we had these smartphones. I mean, we have access to the world. So for you, what in your personal life has made you passionate enough not to have a mandate of being a a black power or anything like that, but just having the mandate to want to make a difference and actually take a level of accountability onto yourself? Because there's something in your history or your past that makes you feel somewhat passionate about taking on an endeavor like this. Yeah, um, I think everybody's got different experiences that that shape them and, and drive them. Mm. And you actually you bring up a great point about sort of fault versus responsibility. You know, mm. certain things happen to everybody mm-hmm. um, where it's very easy um, for the human brain to just want to uh, victimize themselves. You know, mm. I'm the victim. You know, this happened to me, um, and you know, I'm kind of stuck. And then there's um, the people that sort of take responsibility for what happened and are. And we'll say, you know, I'm going to make change. Yes, this happens to me. It sucks. Mm. Um, so what? Um, suck it up and and go make make change. For me, um, I think the biggest sort of moment in my life um, came when I, I lost my father when I was 14 years old, um, un- unfortunately, to um, to stomach cancer. Um, and that was a really traumatizing mm. uh, time for me and my family. Um, and my dad was a ph- phenomenal person. He came here um, when he was 15 years old from Jamaica with no money in his pocket. Mm, mm. Um, brilliant guy. Be, ended up becoming a doctor. Fast tracked his wow. way through med school. Wow. Um, and was just a not only a doctor but a but a, a great humanitarian in in his area in the Malvern uh, Scarborough area. Malvern. Where he, yeah. 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 Um, you know, 
He worked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Malvern. Mal, I've heard Malvern back in the day. Back in the yeah. day, Malvern definitely had a rep. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So, and he was very much in that community. Yeah. Working with um, people of all different ethnicities, empowering them. Um, he still wins awards today that I go and, and accept on his behalf. Wow. Um. So, so losing him was tough, and and it was that. To that, to this day, I mean, that's really where my drive comes from. Mm. You know, seeing what he was able to do and the legacy he was able to leave is um, something that you know I want to try and mimic um, in my in my life, and and that's sort of what drives me not only to work hard and and you know quote unquote take responsibility for mm. for the for the fault that that happened to me, but also um, you know try to help others because uh, I think it's sort of in in my DNA being uh, his son. Well, you have a uh, first off, I mean, much respect and, and blessing and love to your father. You know, I, I can relate. I lost my mom when I was 13 and my mom was a, a single mom. And, you know, that is uh, I took I always say, thank God I played football. I got into football around 14 and I, I was a very nobody would know it. And when we talk about mental uh, illness and, and awareness and stuff like that, you know, I took a lot of that aggression and anger and, and put that into a sport and. I'm sure you've seen if somebody takes that uh, aggression and anger and puts it into something bad, bad things happen, right? Absolutely. And, and I, I feel very blessed that, you know, I had that outlet. But so going forward, I mean, for you, seeing how your father kind of came over and, you know, props to Jamaica, man, you know, the bad man, the Brownstown, <laughs> the bad man, you know, every yeah. time I hear Jamaica, yeah, it makes me want to, I'm going to use it. I'm going to use the air horn sound. Boom, boom. <laughs> Trust me, when you listen to the podcast, you're going to hear air horn in here. But, you know, it, it's, it, it is huge. And I, I find it's interesting, like LinkedIn and, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know LinkedIn. I know it as a, as a user, but LinkedIn is, uh, is an area, is a company, I'm sure, that says, we're not LinkedIn. Our people are LinkedIn. They're building their, you're building your brand by the people that are involved with your team. So even though we say Brandon Sewell is at LinkedIn, I mean, LinkedIn's comprised of Brandon Sewell. It's all people. Um, when you're going around and you're on these committees and, and talking to people, what are some things that are common, maybe misrepresentations or, or common just things that you feel like, wow, I kind of keep hearing this and you, you kind of address the same issues over and over. Is there any specific things, maybe almost like some frequently asked questions type thing that you feel are, you know, I want my listeners just to get a, a good sense of like, maybe they're thinking the same thing too, you know? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest one that I hear, um, especially when you think about the member side and like why people should be using LinkedIn is that LinkedIn is just a job board. <laughs> that's the, that's the f number one thing I hear. And, and it's just so incorrect. Mm. Like, yes, that's a third of what we do. Um, in terms of, you know, offering quote unquote economic opportunity to our members and giving them the ability to, um, to find their, their next, um, play and their next, um, you know, job opportunity. But it's so much more than that. I mean, we've already spoken earlier on the podcast about branding. Um, mm. And that's really um, another big part of what LinkedIn is able to do is just, you know, really representing your brand. If you think about where the world's moving, um, you know, from, from in terms of just the job applicant and job seeker perspective, you know, the resume is dying. I think everybody can sort of see oh, that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's social media and LinkedIn specifically where you want to where you're going to be able to position yourself. Um, to um, to attract that next job. So, you know, it's more than just sort of a job board where you go on and just find jobs and apply to them. Um, the second part of, of, of what makes LinkedIn great is just the um, the content, uh, the content yeah. and the amount of the amount of um, learning and, and knowledge you're able to, to absorb just by being on the network. Um, you know, when, if you're able to curate your 
your news feed so that you're following things that you're passionate about, whether that be politics, sports, business. Um, you can, there's so much content that can get pushed out to you and you can see and, and read um, mm. so many cool things to make you a better person mm. and make you better in your day to day, whether it be for professional reasons mm. or even for, for personal reasons. Mm. Like I'm a big sports fan now. Obviously mm. sports has nothing to do with my job, but um, you know, I get a lot of um, you know, sports information from, from LinkedIn, you know, amongst other uh, websites. Brandon, uh, so Brandon sports has everything to do with your job, bro. Yeah. Trust me, you and I yeah. both know, I mean, your hustle, your grit, you just said, Hey, I'm a hunter. I hunted down this position. You know, I, I worked at Citrix. I hunted down to LinkedIn. That's all the competitive edge, man. It teaches you discipline. It teaches you focus. It teaches you, you know, if you got a goal here, you got to put the work to get to here. Right. I mean, sure. it, you know, it's 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 all intertwined with that. So, and sorry to interject, but with LinkedIn, you the biggest thing for me is you you mentioned the word content. Content is huge now. When LinkedIn brought video, I I feel like it was a big move because I feel like it could like of of course people are going to say, oh, it's a great move. There's video. There's video. Video is tricky because as soon as you bring out video. You can have every, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry who's on LinkedIn just start spamming with video. And then, it, as we know, Facebook, right? Facebook, you know, Mark Zuckerberg came out and said, hey, Facebook has became a little too busy. You know, a lot of people are complaining. There's too many advertisements. We need to go back to that connecting with friends, family and, you know, how Facebook created. So for you, if let's go bare minimum, I'm brand new to LinkedIn and just like the rest of the internet is, 10% of the users create 90% of the content, which means a lot of people are sitting there looking. What pieces of content do you feel get rewarded on LinkedIn, not just by LinkedIn, but by the actual user base of LinkedIn? Yeah, I, th I think um, the the type of content that's authentic, you know, a lot of stories, people love stories. Storytelling <laughs> is huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could tell a great story. Um, yeah. It would be the life of any party. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think I, I think the story, I think stories um, and people who share the authentic stories um, that relate to people mm. um, are the types of content that um, get the most engagement, whether that be um, a, a piece of content written by an individual member mm. or, or a story that was written by a company. Um, or type of real life experiences that a company or a member have do has done mm. are generally the the uh, the types of content that that garner the most um, or the highest levels of engagement. Okay, now for you in terms of the actual profile, filling out your profile, it's funny because now that you work at LinkedIn, my expectation of your LinkedIn game has to be like one hundred and ten. So <laughs> as soon as I connected with you and you connected back, I'm like, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna digitally LinkedIn stalk this guy. So when it says who, who's viewed your profile, I'm like, oh, he's going to see me every day on there because I just I, I kind of look at it and I'm like. You know, you got all these, you know, TechCrunch and HuffPost and all these places that always write articles based on speculation, not all factual. I like to go right to the source and say, if somebody's working at LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook, what the heck are they doing with the platform? Because they have, I mean, you're in that ecosystem, even if you don't know all the insider information, you're working at the company. So you're getting a completely different perspective uh, from, from anybody who's just a user. So... Do you feel there is a few misconceptions that you could share with us that are like, you know, just kind of everyday knowledge that you think, man, people really think they got LinkedIn figured out, but man, they, they, they kind of don't, you know, because X, Y, Z. Yeah. Um, with LinkedIn, especially in, when you think about sort of the profile and how, 
you liked or how you're thinking about sort of designing your profile, the first thing you have to think about is what are you trying to achieve on LinkedIn? Yeah. Um, so are you in a position where you are looking for your next great opportunity? Are you in a position where you just want to sort of, you know, put out your brand and, and then start connecting with people and, mm. and sort of having more visibility um, raised on yourself? Um, so, you know, you really want to think about what you're trying to achieve with your profile. And then from there, that's when you can start tailoring it. Um, like if you look at my profile, my profile is very much not a job seeker profile. Like yeah. I don't have my executive summary filled mm. out. Um, mm. I very much just list my I list my my past work experience. I have skills, but then I have re- a lot of recommendations. Yes. Um, yes. And and if you look closely on my activity feed, you could see all the stuff I'm reading through, liking and engaging with. Because uh, for me, the, my LinkedIn profile is very much um, a brand a branding tool for me. Yeah. Um. So. Um, when people start are thinking about LinkedIn and how to sort of put their sort of profiles together, that's where I would start. Um, but what makes LinkedIn, what differentiates it is just the, um, is just the, the network and the ability mm-hmm. to, to grow your own network. So I would encourage everyone to, to connect with everybody that they know um, or people that they may not know connect people um boosting people endorsing skills is also really big because that's how Mm. um, your profile gets uh, one of the ways that your profile um garners more visibility on the network on people who have a lot of skills Mm. um that are endorsed um things like that that really um showcase um you know what this what you know you as as a member are all about and and Mm. then you know using that to to, to reach your goals. Now, what's what's so funny is uh, I, I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile. I'm like, okay, this is Boss Man Brandon. And then I fly over to Instagram. Ah, the, the first thing I look at is, oh, this guy's got his profile private. So I'm looking at your profile. I'm like, okay, okay. So now I got I got Brandon. He doesn't, he's not going to subscribe to one lane. So he's got his professional on LinkedIn. Your Twitter, very similar because, you know, Twitter's open. So, But then Instagram, I'm like, oh, that's his playground. He's playing on Instagram. So, it, you know, it's kind of interesting. Well, it, it's interesting, right? Because you're like, well, I'm not going to post the same stuff I would on Instagram, obviously, on LinkedIn because it's a completely different audience for that. It's kind of like when I see people trying to do the Facebook thing, I'm like, no, no, don't do Facebook on Insta- on, on, on LinkedIn. That is not not the profile to do that with. However, kind of rolling over, so a little bit more on the personal side. So you're a, a diehard uh, Raptors fan, and you're a newbie crypto investor. Uh, can you can you kind of talk to me about crypto investor? Why your head's there, and how that how that even works? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but for first, let me just start saying I'm by no means a crypto genius. No, no, no. That's okay. I'm very very much new to this um and similar to probably a lot of other people who just recently put their money into it it's just more so kind of trying to ride the wave and at this point with you know cryptocurrency it's all speculation like i'm not naive to know that you know uh, we know with the whole blockchain technology and the way that um you know people are starting to think about you know currency movement and, mm. uh, and, and that sort of thing um i saw friends that have done really well um actually my uncle bought bitcoin three years ago oh um, and, you know ooh. doing really well now yeah you know, another guy that made half a million dollars so i see all Jeez. these people <laughs> making great money um and and i was just like you know why not 
put a little bit uh, of money into it and see what what happens. Um, so I did some reading, you know, worked with a couple of of, of my friends who um, were a lot more knowledgeable than me, and you know, I made some I made some quote unquote bets because that's really what they are at this point. Yeah, um, you know, bought a got into made, put together a portfolio of different coins and. And I guess we'll see, you know, so far it's been about a couple months. Uh, some have gone up, some have gone down, but yeah. we'll see in a, in a year. But the one thing that I will say is that, um, and if anyone's listening to this that's thinking about doing it, is don't put um, more money than you're uh, willing to lose. Absolutely. Because at this point, it's very speculative. So, um, you know, don't mortgage your house. Don't do yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of, it's yeah. kind of, uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, the, well, it's kind of like the stock market. I mean, it, you know, you, you don't, I mean, you, you can research and know, but you don't know at the end of the day, you don't know, you know, indefinitely, um, Toronto being raised in Toronto. I mean, are, are you married? Do you have kids? What's who's Brandon? Are you in the dating yeah. scene? Like who's Brandon? Who, who's the guy behind the LinkedIn headshot that looks <laughs> with the plaid shirt on? Yeah. Um, I, I, First of all, I love Toronto. I live yeah. downtown. I'm a big. I'm everyone who knows me knows how much I love this city. Um, Everybody in Toronto <laughs> loves Toronto, man. Anybody you talk, anybody you talk to in Toronto, they're like, it's the epicenter of the world. <laughs> Funny, I'm down here in San Francisco with a lot of my friends down here, like are from New York or or you know from the Bay Area here, L.A. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you like I'm trying to tell me how great their cities are. I'm like, nope, Toronto has it all. Toronto's the best. Toronto's the best. Now, do you yeah. feel so? You're in San Francisco now, so you're you're just are you are you spending quite a bit of time there then on a yearly basis or just certain portions of the year that you're you're going down there this is actually my first time um second time in san francisco oh, in my okay. life first okay. time i was here i was 16 but first yeah. time um as a linkedin employee wow our, our corporate head office is here yeah um so linkedin's very big on you know traveling around seeing different offices collaborating with different people meeting different people sharing ideas like it's very much a collaboration type of environment so um, I had an opportunity to come down here for a few days. Um, it's the launch of Black History Month, you know, today being February 1st. So, yeah. um, you know, we're doing a, a roundtable with Ernst & Young um, for um, for Black History Month. Um, I'm going to be sitting with different teams down here, collaborating mm. with them. So so that's really, I don't come down here a lot. Um, this, this is my first time, and I probably necessarily won't be back here unless there's a, a pressing reason sure. um, in the next little bit. But, um, but my next trip, for LinkedIn would probably be to sh- Chicago. I want to check out the Chicago okay. office or, or maybe go to Europe. You know, we've got offices in Europe, um, EMEA, we've got an office in Melbourne, Australia. So yeah. there's a lot of cool things that, that, that that's op- an opportunity for me. So with the um, program in, in Toronto big, um, how do, how do people like black inclusion group? Is there, how, how, how do you get involved with that? Like I, I say, you message, I'm like, how do I get involved with that? Because Especially when you're somebody doing business, you know, I do big, I do big business in Canada and I go speak everywhere, but I have to say, even for me, I'm definitely isolated out of the, the community, quote unquote. I mean, I, I, I don't, I think maybe for a couple of reasons, number one, I don't actively seek it because I don't actively put my mentality or my perspective that way. I don't say you're white, you're black, you're Chinese, you're a woman, you're male. I I just, I don't roll that way. I'm like, oh, you're a cool dude. You're a cool person. Okay, we're cool, you know. So I don't, I don't, I don't really categorize that way. But I have spoken a few, like, uh, you know, local little Caribbean and African society, you know, communities and things like that, as almost like a mentor. But is there a big, is there a larger way to get involved with with something like this? Um, well, that's what we put together the Black Professionals in Tech Network. Yes, um, because what we're trying to do is sort of create 
um, not only a network, but, you know, create an institute mm. where, you know, black professionals, um, you know, people of color can kind of come together and start collaborating with one another, um, mm. you know, matching people with, with leadership um, and enabling those conversations that, that, you know, are sort of the grassroots foundation of enabling change. Um, so, you know, when people come and ask me, you know, how can we get involved in this? Um, that's really sort of the first place I'm now um, pointing people towards. Mm. It's, it's getting involved in this network. Um, we're going to be doing, we just did the launch event in, at the LinkedIn office last, mm. last week, which was an a absolute blast. We, mm. we blew it out of the water in terms of attendance and, mm. and the experience that that's the great. attendees had. Yeah. Um, and we want to keep that momentum going. We want to do another one. We'd like to eventually get to a point where it's a pan-Canadian pan um, event and we're bringing people in and having these large conventions. So that's great. Uh, we, have a lot of, we, have, we have a lot of goals on where we want to take it. Um, but I guess it's just baby steps. Well, it's all about, it's all about marketing exposure too. Yeah. I, I'm in Toronto all the time, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to you cause I'd love to drop by and say hi. Um, as far as it's funny, have you been on a podcast before? No, this is my first one. Whoa. Hey yes. man. Well, that's good. You popped the cherry on that. Virginity, yeah. Here's what's so funny about this and don't quote me on this, but in, if you took every podcast in Canada, I still have yet to find a black person. Dude, like I, I, I've literally went in to iTunes and Google and LinkedIn and like podcast Canada, like black person hosted. Can't find one. Camille, do you know uh, Camille Dundas? Does that name ring a bell? I die, She's in my professional okay. network. I do not know her personally. No. Okay. So th- like, po- like if you want something to take back to LinkedIn, like to me, that's crazy, dude. Do you know how many podcasts there are in Canada? Holy! Oh yeah! That's amazing! I did not know that. So so Good for you, shout out to you, Ryan. Well, well, no, no, I appreciate that, but I just thought, wow, like how come you know? And I mean, I just, I actually just had a guy on, you know, right before you as a guest. He's uh, he's from San Francisco, <laughs> so he's like down the block from you, man. So wow. so I just kind of I just kind of thought about it, right? But um, I know our, our time's getting a little bit uh, limited here. All I would like to do at this point is basically I'm going to get into a fire round. But is there anything else you would like to mention about LinkedIn, about the program, um, anything specific? And to be quite honest with you, Brandon, this is your time to like be not be as egotistical as you want in the sense of like. Man, give it all out. The listeners on this show love it, man. They, they appreciate everything. Yeah, um, I'll probably take this time to talk a little bit about LinkedIn. And I, I, th- I think LinkedIn is just so cool um, in terms of what what we're doing. I mean, I've been a fan of LinkedIn before I started working here, um, yep. and which is one of the reasons why I, I seeked out opportunities here. But um, I want people to sort of think about you know LinkedIn on the grander scale and sort of where it's moving. You know, as I mentioned earlier, we've got 500 million plus members on our network um, that are all sh- that are all sharing data with us. You know, we know where we know where they are lo- lo- location-wise. We've got all this data on their um, on their past ex- experiences. We've got we understand people's skills. Mm. So you know that's extremely valuable information. And from there, we're able to then um, make very predictive, um, uh, I guess, analysis on on you know what the skills gaps are in certain communities. Mm. And one of the really cool things we're doing, and our CEO, Jeff Wiener, talks about it all the time. If, if anybody wants to go and Google the economic graph um, by Jeff Wiener. But um, it's really about sort of creating economic opportunity for the global workforce. Mm. And one of the cool things we're doing is now being able to take some of that, those, um, those, those ideas of skills and, and that understanding of the skills gaps and then working with schools and, and educational institutions to then 
um, help them model their um, their programming and, and the sort of courses and degrees they offer um, so that people who are in school mm. are now spending their time on programs and, and courses that are actually valuable so that when they graduate, they mm. can go and make, um, you know, get a job. Because as you, I'm sure you, you, you hear, you know, there's a lot of youth and people, new graduates that can't find work mm. and are ending up in jobs that have no um, correlation to their um, their schooling. Um, so that's one of the cool things LinkedIn is doing. Um, we're really trying to um, become that that central place for um, social media and talent management, so that people can really um, you know foster their career on LinkedIn. Um, and working with companies to to utilize LinkedIn. You know, with our Microsoft acquisition last year, mm. um, there's just so many more resources. So all in all, it's an exciting time for LinkedIn, and I can't wait to see. Um, you know what the future holds for us. That's huge, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, one, I have I have two 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 questions. Um, my first one is more of a. This is my beef um, with uh, maybe I should get some Wu Tang Raekwon <laughs> up here, you know. But um, I feel that our whole institution, if you go into school and education. 10, 12, I mean, man, the internet, people think the internet, we're so used to it now. The internet's not that old, you know, 1999, 2000, right? But if we go back further to that, I remember, you know, you graduate high school and then it's like, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And really think about this. How the hell does a 17, 18 year old know enough about themselves to know what they want to be when they grow up. Hell, I'm 33 years old and I'm still I'm still changing on a daily because yeah. you know life is an adventure. Now, education system. Go to in Canada and you're in Canada, you're Canadian, so you can speak to this. Kindergarten, go to grade 12. Grade 12, get great marks. Apply for university. Pick a program. Subscribe to a lane, even if it's not your lane. If you come from any kind of cultural family or immigrate you have huge huge pressure from parents that say be a doctor be a lawyer be a pharmacist pick a lane now those people maybe they don't know what lane they want to be in so i call that the industrial way of thinking now we're in 2018 where people are they're not going to college they're they're opening up their own enterprises entrepreneurship startup all these you know angel investing all these little things what would you tell somebody um who says geez brandon i don't I, I don't I'm not one thing right now or I don't know where I want to be. How can I use LinkedIn to still market myself, but maybe even provide me a little bit of direction? Because I think this is a great question. Yeah, for sure. Using LinkedIn for that is actually the place where you're going to want to start to learn. I mean, and, and you actually bring up a great point because I was definitely that person in university where. I didn't really, I thought I wanted to be a doctor going into mm. university because my dad was a doctor yeah. and, you know, I want to follow in his footsteps. But, you know, after my first year of university, I knew that, you know, that wasn't going to be for me. Um, and I really utilized university as a place for, for just learning, just in general. Um, mm. I thought university programmed me to, to think and, and work a certain way, um, regardless of what I was taking, whether it be calculus or, mm -hmm. or algebra or whatever <laughs> the case may be. Um, and I would just tell people, you know, use LinkedIn as a way to sort of teach continue to learn. You know, we have yep. a, a learning sort of com component of, of LinkedIn called LinkedIn Learning, where you can actually start taking courses and, and developing skills on things that you're passionate about. And then um, using it as a way to sort of see what opportunities are mm. there, because you don't know something until you sort of 
see it, right? Mm. Like it's, it's it, you gotta know that the opportunity is there, and LinkedIn is that place where you're gonna be able to sort of discover those opportunities. Mm. Um, you know, connect with people that are doing cool things, and then maybe reaching out to that person and saying, "Hey, how'd you get into that?" You know, that mm. looks super cool, and and use utilizing it in that way so that you know you can sort of carve out your niche. Um, because yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, it's it's not easy to to find to know what you're gonna do. I mean, if you have if you were to ask me at the beginning of university if I would be, you know, here with you right now doing this, um, I couldn't have <laughs> not a I chance. Been able to type. Not a chance. Yeah, not a chance. You can't you can't foresee that. I mean, it's just life is life. Um, last question, and then we're gonna get into fire round, and we're gonna wrap it up. Um, if somebody's on LinkedIn right now and they feel that they have the wrong audience, meaning their connections, I, I feel like LinkedIn is kind of it's a little high schoolish, where in the sense that. You know, you have people that are like, okay, like my stuff, like my stuff. There's all these engagement pods and community pods and all these things. How can somebody like, what's a couple just actionable steps that they can do to either get the right audience, curate the current existing audience that they have, or develop a whole brand new audience in general? Yeah, um, if you're if you're one of those people who have a lot of random connections of people you don't know, people who are kind of spamming you, and and you just sort of perceive LinkedIn as sort of a like a spamming a spamming site, um, my advice to you would be scrub, 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 you know, spend the time, (laughs) spend the time and remove those people off your connection list out of your network because they're not serving value to you. Um, because what makes LinkedIn great is the, is the network that you have, Mm. um, at your disposal. So make sure that your network is, is filled with people who, who you think will bring value to you. Um, second step would be to start following different companies that you're really passionate about, um, following influencers. So, um, guys like Barack Obama, mm. you know, Justin Trudeau. Um, mm. I'm a big Mark Cuban fan. I love him. Just from his, and his business <laughs> yeah. mindset. So yeah. I, you know, I follow him. So I like following him. those, those sorts of people so that you're getting the, the type of content that you're interested in pushed out to you, um, would probably be a good start. I think, um, in terms of making sure LinkedIn delivers the value that you want it to give to you. Man, that's great. Uh, fire round sneakers or dress shoes. Sneakers, 100%. (laughs) 100. Uh, Do you ever wear sneakers around LinkedIn? Unless I have client meetings, I'm in sneakers every day. Really? eh? So is it, so, so can you, so is it a pretty casual dress environment? Yeah. Unless your client. If you come in a dress, if you come to work, like an everyday work day in a dress shirt and dress pants, everyone's going to look at you and say, you know, what's up, what's up, Mr. Fresh? Why are you? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, what's for dinner tonight? What are you What are you gonna have in San Francisco? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, networking events. I'm hoping there's some catered food. Uh, maybe, hopefully, some steak and some mashed potatoes. Brandon's Brandon's straight from the six. What he meant by that little uh, educated statement was. He's at a networking event. There's going to be some free food, and he's going to be taking advantage of it. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, number three, biggest pet peeve or annoyance of social media in general? People, uh, there's two. People that overshare, I think, a little bit too much that okay. are like just too frequent. Yeah. Um, and then social media just the narcissism sometimes you know okay people that just love taking pictures of themselves over, <laughs> over and over again it's yeah just, um and i understand obviously you know you want to showcase your life your work you know the world that you're in and that's amazing but i'm sure you know what i mean There's absolutely that every day is a, is a different selfie absolutely uh four are you a hunter or gatherer oh that's a good one coming at if you I, brandon i'm coming at you deep one i'm a hunter shooters are gonna shoot 
<laughs> Number five, are you, uh, you're a new addition to a crayon box. What color would you be? Blue. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, six, who would win the fight between Superman and Batman? Superman, of course. Okay. What is the number one thing that drives you? The, my father. Okay. Not to say. Yeah. Proudest moment personally. Proudest moment. I'd have to say my proudest moment was um, probably graduating university and having my mom and my family there. Mm. Biggest professional accomplishment. Uh Biggest professional accomplishment has got to be, um, you know, meeting meeting my sales goals this year and and joining joining Big as the lead and, and really sort of elevating my career. That's great, man. How do you define success? I define success as um, meeting meeting your meeting your goals and objectives, whether that be financially or mm. um, or personally. If if you can meet the goals that you've set yourself set for yourself, then then you're successful. Now, what are you scared of? scared of letting the people who believe in me down okay do you have a role model my father okay uh what is your favorite thing to do non-work related play basketball play basketball okay (laughs) all right when you think of toronto what is the first word that comes to mind (laughs) don't you dare say it (laughs) you know no you know when i when i had camila and she's like the center of the world. I was like, oh, how dare you? How dare you? Uh, 15, one piece of advice you would give someone who is scared shitless. That's just, that's, that's a fixed mindset. And, um, and that's mm. all in your head. Mm. Uh, last question. When you hear the word star, what is the first thought that comes to mind? Someone who shines. Ah, oh, there you go, man. I like that. I like that. Brandon, this is your time to let everybody know how they can reach out to you, your programs, initiatives on social media. Plug, plug, plug. The stage is yours. Yeah, so if to reach out to me, uh, feel free to connect with me. Brandon Sewell, last name spelled S-E-W-E-L-L. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, if you're interested in joining the Black Professional and Tech Network, we just created a group. So mm-hmm. check us out at Black Professionals uh, Tech Network, BPTN. On uh, LinkedIn, get involved in the group um, so you can stay up to date with all the news. Other than that, um, come to Toronto and see me. I'm, I, I love uh, I love meeting new people and and um, and creating new um, new memorable experiences. I like that. And you know what, yeah. Brandon can also get on a damn airplane and come see you because not everybody goes to Toronto. Yeah, uh, they ev- should though. <laughs> <laughs> it's not this month. <laughs> She's too cold. Uh, everyone, this has been another episode of the Rhino Show podcast. Again, I thank you for listening. I thank you for the reviews. Please go on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, rate the podcast. You can connect with me at Reinholtz1 on all the platforms. I'm at Reinholtz on LinkedIn. Um, and this has been another episode. I hope you feel inspired. Hope you feel great. And uh, the only enemy is your inner me. So kill it. Brandon, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Ryan. I appreciate it.